0: God bless you. Welcome to Ministry Moments with Dr. Kevin Jackson. I am so glad that you are joining me for today's podcast as we continue our teaching on the tangible leadership of God. We shared with part one on last week and we're looking at Exodus chapter 13 verses 17 through 22. I hope that you have had the opportunity To Listen to part one, as this will be a continuation of our study. So before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share and study your word together. And I pray that you will bless the hearers, that you will give us the ability to take what is given and to implement it in our lives in everyday application. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. So we're looking at Exodus chapter 13 verses 17 through 22. Just allow me to give uh, some recap of part 1. A couple of things that we focused on from the text uh, as Moses is uh, leading uh, the Israelites out of Egyptian captivity. one of the things that we noted is that uh, God uses other people sometimes to help us navigate from captivity uh, to freedom or to the promise that God has made to us. And we see this in the movement of Moses. He is the one that God raised up and used to bring uh, the Israelites out of that Egyptian captivity. And so God may use other people. Uh, Use their wisdom, their experiences, their knowledge, their, their understanding to help us to navigate different circumstances that we ourselves may not have the ability to do on our own. And they help us to navigate from a place of destruction, a place of sadness, a place of captivity to a place that is aligned with the will of God. For our lives, then we also made the observation uh, that god's leadership decisions may contradict our human comprehension. God makes decisions that may contradict our understanding, okay our comprehension of the circumstances uh, so the scripture tells us in Isaiah, God says, "My ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts so God is going to view things from a different perspective, and so there will be times that God will do things and use other people uh, in our lives to do things that we won't necessarily understand or even agree with, but the fact of the matter is we have to always be reminded and cognizant of the fact that God is God, and He knows what He is doing. And so we made another observation from that text as well, is that we must be uh, uh, aware of the fact that uh, God uses the different circumstances that we encounter many times to prepare us for something that is going to take place at a future time. And so we are in that training mode. All of your experiences, all of the things that you and I have dealt with and will deal with, uh, those experiences are not for naught. They're literally lessons. They're classes. They're those experiences that provide us uh, with some lessons that we'll be able to utilize Uh, In future instances. And this is something that the, the Israelites would be able to pull from. To remember. To look back on. How God. Hallelujah. Brought them out of captivity. And if they would get into any other circumstances or situations that are similar. They would be able to look back. And see. How God brought them out when God brought them out, what he brought them out of, because they have a reference point now to begin to reflect on every time that they find themselves in that similar situation. And here again, another observation as we prepare to move on, is that God makes decisions about us and for us based on our capacity. God would not allow Moses to lead the Israelites through the way of the Philistines because he knew that they would revert back and would want to give up and give in. And so God answers prayers and circumstances based on our capacity, our ability, what we we are able to do. And so there are times that God will answer our prayers and the answer is no, uh, because we don't have the capacity in order to be able to hold the manifestation of that actual prayer being answered in the affirmative. And so we understand that God makes decisions for us on our behalf based on our capacity. Let's look at uh, verse Eighteen, and the scripture says, Exodus chapter thirteen, verse eighteen. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt, ready for battle. Ready for battle. So what we see here is is that we need to be aware of the leadership of God. As he is speaking to us through other leaders that he has positioned in our lives in order for us to get where he wants us to be. Now, the scripture text tells us God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. God is using or God used Moses, who is receiving direction from God, instruction from God, guidance from God in what to relay to his people as they move towards the land of promise. Now, there are some obstacles that they're going to run into the Red Sea okay, and other things that they're going to encounter. But all the while in this phase of this deliverance. God is leading through his leader. This is something we have to put a little pin here for. We have to recognize and ensure that we're connected and following under the leaders God has ordained for our lives. Because that man or woman of God is receiving guidance, instruction, prophetic utterances. From God to then relay to the people who have been assigned to that man and woman of God. God's tangible leadership is mostly expressed in the leaders for whom he has anointed to lead and guide his people. In different circumstances. And this is one of the real uh, practical examples of God's tangible leadership. As He's leading the people, He's using Moses as that instrument of leadership, his tangible leadership, as he's guiding these people to a place. Of promise that God has for them. And so we understand that God is speaking to us. Not that God can't speak directly to us. But we must understand that through scripture we see as a pattern that God speaks to his people. Through the leaders for whom he has established over them. Now let's look at verse 18b. And the scripture text says there, the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Don't don't skip over that. Don't skip over that and you and 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 let's really read that in its entirety of verse 18. So God led the people <laughs> around by the desert road Toward the Red Sea, the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Here's the point. As we look at the tangible leadership of God, it is in part B of verse 18. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. They went out ready for battle. And this is a direct correlation here, a direct connection here. As a result of God, hallelujah, being in charge and being followed by his people in the leadership that he has established, the people hmm, benefited by being in a place of readiness for battle. For the journey, for the things that they would encounter. What I'm trying to tell you is a direct resultant of following the God ordained leadership of God, whether it's you hearing the voice of God yourself or hearing God through leadership. The resultant is, is you and I will be ready, hallelujah, fully equipped, prepared to do whatever God commissions, hmm, puts before us as the tasking or the mission. And so what we understand here is that godly leadership is critical for spiritual readiness. Mm, I'm going to say that again. Godly leadership, whether it's God directly or God indirectly through his leaders, it is critical for spiritual readiness. And the scripture says here, and they went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Sometimes we get ahead of God. Sometimes we run ahead of God because God's moving too slow. And we are not ready, equipped for the mission, vision, or assignment that God has articulated. And so it gives us pause to ensure that we are following God's leadership so that we can be ready for whatever it is that is to come. Here's something else I want to share with you as well. It shows us that when we follow the leadership of God, (laughs) everything that you and I need will be prepared for us. This is demonstrated, Old Testament text through Nehemiah. He comes out of the king's palace. He gets permission. He gets to go to do it, to go and rebuild the wall. And as he is going, he has favor. He has provision along the way. He has access. He has uh, resources to help him to do what needs to be done. And he has the hand of God on his life to move forward in the mission that God had given him. When we follow the leadership of God, not only do we have that readiness, but we also have access to the resources to get the job done. Following the leadership of God will ensure that you and I are ready for whatever the mission is he has commissioned us to engage in because he is going to give provision with his leadership. Now, understand the provision may not be what you think it is. I want you to take a take a pause and think about it. What instrument and we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit in ver, in chapter 14 of Exodus. But what instrument did God provide to Moses to perform the mission Of getting the children to getting Israelites to the land of promise. Well, the instrument was a stick. It's so insignificant. It looks insignificant. It looks like God, seriously, this is what you're going to give me. But whatever tool, you better hear this. Whatever tool, whatever gifting, whatever anointing God places on your life. It is imperative that you recognize it and then use it for his glory in accordance with his instruction. And so, as we follow the leadership of God, his leadership comes with provision. Okay? His leadership comes with provision. So as God sends us out in this dispensation that we're in, in the context that we're in today as believers, for the Great Commission, right? He doesn't send us out ill-equipped. We're equipped with the gospel, right? The good news about Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. We have that understanding as disciples. And then we understand, as Paul tells us in Ephesians, Chapter six, verses 10 to 18, it tells us to be put on the full armor of God so that we're able to be equipped for every wild, every attack, every trick of the enemy. He provides the armor for the warrior. He provides the staff for the leader. Moses, hallelujah. And so when we follow the leadership of God, provision comes along with that leadership. So let's look at verse 19 and I'm going to do a share just a bit here because I don't want to go over our time, but let's look at verse 19. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. Now, some of the information I'm going to share with you is going to come from Ora Prouser, who is a Jewish religion. Uh, a scholar here, and so I, I'm going to give credit for that information that I'm about to share as it relates to this specific uh verse nineteen Now, one of the things that we want to to share with you is that Joseph, because of his clout, his position uh, uh in the government, should we say uh he could have had his bones upon his death moved ahead of time but he did not he did not want the remains of who he was to remain in a place that was not his but what he did I thought was very powerful he made the Israelites swear an oath that they would not leave his bones there. But this is what he said in verse 19. God will surely come to your aid. Mm. And then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. Joseph was dropping a prophetic word in their hearing before their deliverance had even taken place. Whether he spoke it by faith or whether he had a vision of what God was going to do, there was something in him that caused him to have this prophetic utterance, and he sealed it in a covenant. He sealed it in an oath that when God performed what he said was about to happen, that they would pick his bones up. (laughs) Hallelujah, and that they would take him along with them. There came a promise here. The promise included an assumption that the time would come that they would leave Egypt. And I'm not sure that the Israelites understood Heard, caught, or even imagined what Joseph was saying to them. Because sometimes our circumstances can cloud our ability to listen and to understand. But what he was trying to share with them is that this, that you're experiencing right now, will not always be this way. I, I got a feeling I'm talking to somebody right now. There may have been some people along the way in your life who have dropped some prophetic words in your spirit. And it seems as if it has not come to pass. But let me tell you something. If God anointed them to speak prophetically in your life, it shall come to pass there shall be a performance of those things i'm talking about mary now promise you from the lord and we're bringing it to the old testament text that what god promised he's not a man that he should lie he is going to make good on those utterances that god has spoken joseph was bold to tell them that That when God did it, delivered them, brought them out, rescued them, saved them, that they ensure to pick up his bones and bring him, hallelujah, with them. That statement, that promise, that oath should have stirred something in their hearts that Joseph was not just saying something, but he was on to something that God had spoken to him. I want you to take some time and I don't want you to reflect on some of the words of knowledge, words of encouragement, prophetic utterances that have been spoken to you, and those people are no longer alive, but I want you to know that those prophetic words if indeed they came from God, will not fall to the ground, but they will come to pass in great manifestation, and there is no source of demonic activity on the earth that can stop the manifestation of those words that were God-ordained and spoken over your life. Oh, hallelujah. That's something to rejoice in right there. And so we see here that Joseph dropped something on these Israelites that could have been uh, a word to remind them that they were not going to be. This was a temporary inconvenience, Uh, though it may have been a, a hard place, a difficult place, and the Israelites are going to experience difficulty. In many instances, as we fast forward, when they get to Babylonian captivity, they're going to be in captivity for 70 years. But watch this. God still sent a word while they were in captivity that after 70 years, God himself was going to show up and he was going to bring them out. There's something about a prophetic word from God in the midst of difficulty, struggle, strife helplessness, difficulty, that when we hear that word, it should illuminate our spirit and give us, here's the word, it should give us hope. Here's what I define hope as. Hope is the expectation, hallelujah, that things are going to get better. The Israelites could not see the Red Sea opening up because it had not happened yet. They could not see manna, Falling down from heaven because it had not happened yet. They could not see water from the rocks. They could not see quail falling down. They could not see walking through, oh, glory to God, Jordan River. They couldn't see any of those things, but they were in the plan of God. Oh, hallelujah. They were in the plan of God. And when you have hope, that's what my prayer is for you as we prepare to close this lesson out tonight, is that you have hope. Even in the midst of this pandemic, even as the number of infections have arisen to over 7 million, I want you to have hope. Even as the death toll continues with those who have succumbed to the coronavirus infection, over 214,000 people have died. I want you to have hope even though there may be unemployment i want you to have hope even though it looks like there's no coronavirus relief bill i want you to have hope even though it may look dark even in this political atmosphere i want you to have hope don't lose hope hope is the expectation hallelujah that things are going to get better and it's not based upon what you can do Ah, uh, but my hope is built on nothing less. But Jesus' blood is righteous as I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. Your hope, my brother and my sister, is on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, even in our context today, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing... Whatever the challenges are, hallelujah, I want to invite you to follow the tangible leadership of God, whether it's him speaking directly to you or through the men and women of God that he's placed in your life. And whatever you do, I want you to ensure that you grab on, hallelujah, in fact, that you embrace, bear hug, hope, the expectation. That things are going to get better. Because of who we're following. And that is Jehovah God himself. Let's pray. Father I thank you for this opportunity to share this teaching with my brothers and sisters. I pray. Hallelujah. That you indeed will encourage our hearts. As we look to your word to provide us with direction. And to provide us. With guidance. I am praying Lord. That you teach us. To stand on your word. Teach us Lord. That when we follow your leadership. We're going to come out. Spiritually ready. And with the provisions of everything. That we need. Teach us Lord. To honor. Remember. Reflect on. The prophetic utterances that have been spoken over us and to our lives, even by those who are now asleep, hallelujah, in your bosom. God, we thank you for those words that have been spoken. Let us remember them. Let those words spur hope in our hearts right where we are even now. And Thank you, Lord, that we have the expectation that things are going to get better. Not because of any person, any organization or entity, but because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We can do as the Israelites have done, is we can look back and see what you've done in the past. And it gives us the expectation that if you've done it before, hallelujah, you can do it again. Thank you for your leadership, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast as we have completed part two of Tangible Leadership of God. And so next week we will begin with part three. And we're going to pick up uh, right back on uh, verse number 20. We're going to pick up at verse 20 and go on through verse 22 in part Three, I hope that you've been blessed. Take some time and share it with those who you think will need some encouragement. Perhaps they feel they are in captivity. Encourage them to listen to part one and also to part two as we talk about the tangible leadership of God. This is Ministry Moments with Dr. Kevin Jackson. I love you. God bless. Bye-bye.